Hi, this is Amina Switlow. I'm in Ottawa at our office and we had a wonderful presentation by Jamie. Jamie, what's your last name? Neen. Neen. And I heard during this presentation that you served with CUSO some time ago. When was that? I was in Costa Rica in 1995 to 97. And what were you doing there, Jamie? I was working on a a CETA project that was a, a partnership with the Saskatchewan Forest Conservation Network and the uh, Indigenous Rights Network in in Costa Rica and and the Bribri Indigenous people in southeastern Costa Rica. I've been there in Puerto Viejo. I met yep, a Bribri Indian chief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was the actual work? So, it's a part. Of what were you doing there? It was a community training and resource mapping project, and it was triggered by the interests of some gold mining companies in resources that were within the, the indigenous reserve and, and within the national park complex that's that's in Talamanca. And the communities, the leadership had, had said, what we would like to do is develop a bit of a, a a needs assessment and a, and a development plan ahead of this, you know, before any any of these proposals become concrete. We know that they're there. They've done some exploration and prospecting, um, but before they come back and they want to build a mine, we want to have absolutely clear what the community's needs and interests are. And so, uh, we uh, we developed this training program and we brought in mostly young people from all over the the reserve from different communities and we worked on um, environmental assessment we worked on uh, resource management natural resources and agriculture so they were looking at the the hunting and fishing as well as the the uh, medicinal plants and mm -hmm. the and the traditional indigenous agriculture and the plantation agriculture that's also part of the, the valley. Looking at all of this, looking at uh, what the what the community's needs were and, and training themselves as community animators and researchers. We looked at indigenous law, we looked at the constitutional issues um, as well as, as international law. It was really quite a broad range of, of, um, of training. And the idea was that these kids, for the most part, some of them were older than I am, but you know they're mostly young people, and they would they would learn and they would share their learning with their communities. And but we also mixed it up so that people would go to different communities to do workshops, and they would learn and exchange as well because it's a large reserve, and people from one community might not have ever gone to the other side of the the reserve. Or they might have, you know, family connections, but they wouldn't really get to talk about those issues. And it was quite fascinating and incredibly productive. So two years. And then, so fast forward to today, and uh, I hear from, our, from your uh, presentation to us today from Mining Watch, mm -hmm. right? That's the organization yeah. you work with. I hear some of those fundamental principles at play in that some of the things that you learnt from your CUSO experience you're using in your work today, sounds like. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I think uh, maybe, maybe I'm a slow learner or 
maybe I was on the right track, but it seems like the kinds of things that we were working on are still the kinds of things that need to be done. So some of the things that I heard you say today was that instead of when when a community has a potential mining uh, project, that the community should look at what they need and they want before they start to follow the money with the with the mining projects. Kind yeah. of like what you did in Costa Rica. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and what we were doing in Costa Rica, well, you know, it was it was triggered by these mining interests, but we yeah. ended up looking at everything. Which was great. You know, everything from transportation to, uh, you know, invasion from, from uh, uh, outsiders trying to steal land on the, on the reserve and that kind of thing. Um, so it's, it doesn't really matter what the trigger is. Okay. But the important element of, I think, of, of any development process is that participatory priority-setting exercise where people look at what they have and what they need, and out of that they, they develop their own set of priorities. And, and then as outsiders, we can support that. We can support the process and we can also support them in, in trying to achieve the outcomes. So regardless of what the interest is, mining, uh, any, any, any other thing. But now you went on to work with this organization. Were you one of the founders? Yeah, yeah, I was part of setting up Mining Watch. All right. And it was, you know, it was, it was in part, I think, meant to directly support that kind of initiative. Fantastic. So where do people go to when they want to find out about Mining Watch? What's the website? It's uh, miningwatch.ca. Okay. And there's a lot of material there. Some of it is, is more general and some of it is more technical. And it, uh, you know, it, it will provide a link to all of the things that we've been working on, and, and you know, you can look at, at what's going on in different countries or, or different topic areas. You also mentioned Africa Mine Watch. What was that? Um, African. Well, there there is a, there is a group. It's actually set up by Third World Network Africa. It acts as a secretariat for the African Initiative on Mining Environment and Society. And w one of the projects they've been working on is contributing to the, um, the UN Commission for Africa's African Mining Vision, which is a sort of a ministerial level document that's now been signed on by, I think, 14 different countries. Okay. across the continent as a, as a way of, of showing, uh, showing their intentions with the, with the mining industry and, and to help them develop their, uh, their policies. How are we doing as Canadians in, mine, in the mining industry uh, at home and internationally? Well, we're doing quite well as an industry. You know, some 60 or 70 percent, depending how you count it, of the mining industry is Canadian. Based in, based in Canada, raising money in Canada, 40% um, of the global total capital in mining goes through Toronto. You're kidding. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, so we're very successful. We're no, certainly no better than anyone else in terms of the impacts of that mining activity. And so on a global level, because 
in part because Canada is the, the dominant player globally. Uh, Canadian operations also uh, are involved in, in a proportionately larger share of, of the environmental and social impacts that, and, and the conflicts that have arisen. That Around the world. And, and some of them are uh, just disputes over land use, but in many cases people are being killed People are being, you know, women are being raped and and uh, and people are being tortured because of their opposition to a mining project. And you know, the, the mining company may or may not be directly involved in that. In some cases, they are, but in many cases, you know, it's it's third parties who have an interest in the process who actually feel like uh, it's it's worth killing to have their way. We have a lot to learn about mining and what it's doing at home here in Canada as well as overseas and I really encourage everyone to go to your website and learn more and support you and thank you so much for sharing your story of how you started your work in CUSO and how that uh, reflects in the work you do today. Thanks.